The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents the 24th College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now, the Banditos' fresh made daily kickoff with your host, Phil Halk. An undefeated regular season for the 2020 Fighting Irish? It's now as easy as one, two, three. Beat North Carolina, Syracuse, and Wake Forest. One, two, three. One, two, three. Allowing for ties in its 133-year history, Notre Dame football has posted 24 undefeated regular seasons. Rockney did it five times. Frank Leahy's six. In the modern era since 1964, the Irish have done it five times. Eric Parsegian in 1966 and 1973, Lou Holtz in 1988, and Brian Kelly twice, 2012 and 2018. Do it this year, and Brian Kelly will have done it one, two, three times. One, two, three. So today, the Irish stand at 8-0 with a goal of adding one, two, three more to get to undefeated regular season 25. And the path looks pretty nicely paved, but will it be as easy as one, two, three? Coming up, Wake Forest, Syracuse, and this week, North Carolina stand in the way of another undefeated regular season and the early lines in all those games favor the Irish. But the most difficult of the three is up this week as the Irish travel to Chapel Hill for a day after Thanksgiving special and the high-octane Tar Heels have no intention of making things as easy on the Irish as 1-2-3. Banditos with three Fort Wayne locations, Waynedale, Georgetown, and Glenbrook Commons. Banditos is fresh made daily. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of irishillustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, and Flight by Yingling. Only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories. Raise the bar. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values, which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and expertise provide peace of mind for you and your business. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning, the full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! This is Art Salzberg. I don't endorse everybody, but I've found a company that I think provides a great service. The company is Shearer McCulloch, and what they do is targeted specifically for seniors, people who may be thinking about downsizing and are overwhelmed by the thought of what it's going to take. Shearer McCulloch will pack you up, move you, and then sell your house and everything that's left. Now that's the most comprehensive relocation service anywhere in what I call in sports terms covering all the bases. Shearer McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They're looking to get top dollar from people who have an interest in the special treasures you've collected over the years. Shearer McCulloch is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms. If Sharon and I decide to make a change in lifestyle, we'll be calling Shearer McCulloch at 441 
441-8636. That's 441-8636. We trust them, and we know they'll make things easy and profitable. Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, now available wherever beer is sold. Fiji Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. Tim Priester, Thanksgiving greetings to you and yours. Is it true that this year Notre Dame's football team is, doesn't get a traditional Thanksgiving Day dinner at all this year? That sounds kind of odd for a football team because we know they always really like to eat. Well, it's traditional if it counts on Saturday because they're, they're, they have to leave for North Carolina on Thanksgiving and uh, play the game on Friday, so... Uh, maybe not traditional since it'll be held on Saturday back at Notre Dame, but uh, because of the schedule and the Friday game, they're a little bit a uh, little bit out of whack this Thanksgiving. Okay, well they'll they'll certainly have a celebration on Saturday, and let's let's hope that's a, a victory celebration in addition to the traditional. Uh, but Tim, let's let's talk a little bit about Thanksgiving dinner. That's a favorite thing for. Uh, radio people to do this time of the year whether they they're sports people or not first of all white meat or dark meat let's say white okay i would say for me that's my preference but a little bit of each is always on my plate when i get started all right and what is your favorite thanksgiving dinner side dish i would say my go-to fill is uh sweet potatoes sweet Potatoes. Okay, I'm my go-to is absolutely oyster dressing. I love oysters and I love dressing. And one final silly Thanksgiving question: Pumpkin pie, yes or pumpkin pie, no? Big thumbs up on the pumpkin pie with a dollop of whipped cream on top. You got it. That's that's the right recipe, no doubt. I'm not a huge pie guy, but I do like pie when I eat it. And on Thanksgiving, I will definitely have some pumpkin pie okay enough of that food talk let's go on to football uh last week during our bye uh talk uh the big topic was how do the irish replace uh out for the season center jared patterson and lo and behold the irish o-line gets hit again this past weekend right guard tommy kramer had an appendicitis and uh and that included of course surgery the good news is that surgery went well but, Tim, now the Irish are really shuffling the O-line. Where do they go from here? Yeah, well, it was a battle when it, it just appeared that it was going to be Patterson. It was a battle on the practice field between Josh Lugg, who's been a tackle, uh, and Zeke Corral, who's a redshirt freshman that's played in just one game. He is a true center. Uh, but the competition went out the window when when uh, Kramer had to have the um, – the appendectomy. So uh, it's Luggett guard, where he, which he played earlier in his career in Corral at center. You know, so we haven't talked about this a, a whole lot because Lug hasn't been a starter, but he's been a little bit banged up himself. So if they have to go another player uh, deep on the offensive line, it would be Dylan Gibbons, who's a redshirt senior. So really tapping in. It's a, I guess it's a good time in that North Carolina is pretty forgiving up front with their defensive line, but when you're talking about uh, playoffs and ACC championships at the end of November, it's 
it's not a good time to be losing two of your starting offensive linemen. Well, in that regard, we know that Patterson is out, but how long is Kramer likely to be out? Yeah. <laughs> to get into the specifics, his appendix did not burst. And so they were able to do a, uh, a laparoscopic. I'm not sure if that's correct. I had should have had the word written down in front of me. But uh, the good news is that he should be back, and he's anticipating, and I think Nordheim's in, anticipating that he'll be back for Syracuse, which is next week. Yeah, that's that's um, the miracle of modern surgery in that regard that uh, you can recover that quickly, uh, Tim. But uh, one more question about this this shuffle on the offensive line on a scale of one to ten, how concerned are you about these changes in the offensive line? Well, Josh Lug's an experienced player, so if he can stay healthy through the whole game, then then he'll be fine. I, I think you know Zeke Corral's the second highest rated player in his class behind Kyle Hamilton. Uh, but that you know, it's chemistry and cohesion on the offensive line is difficult. So I, you know, the bigger concerns with him because he just hasn't hasn't had the experience and playing on the fly and making adjustments as you go along. Um, you know, it's just when people say next man in, yeah, that, that applies to most positions, but not really offensive line because those guys aren't playing unless. Uh, there's an injury or it's in the fourth quarter and the game's out of reach. Okay, is that a seven or an eight maybe? Because I'm hearing a little concerned. I would say say an eight because uh, maybe seven because North Carolina's D-line still shouldn't be able to hold up against Norton's offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, the older I get, the more I hate change. So I'm always concerned about these sorts of things. So, uh, yeah, I'm at seven or eight myself. I'm a little concerned about it. Uh, but the Irish do have uh, some really good depth there. But that chemistry, ultra important. Uh, Tim, of course, we're going to talk more in detail about this week's opponent, North Carolina, in the second segment. Uh, but suffice to say, they score a lot of points, and their offense is centered around the RPO game. Let's do a little football 101, Tim. Explain what the RPO game is and why it can be so devastating. Well, RPO, run-pass option. So it can, it starts with the running game, usually with a read option between the quarterback and running back. But a lot of people confuse when they see the read option, they they automatically call that RPO. You've got to throw, you got to have the ability or want to throw the football off that fake to the running back. What North Carolina does is everything is set up by RPO. Everything starts with with the read option, whether they hand it to one of their two great backs in Williams and and Carter, or whether the quarterback keeps it, which is about the fifth option. Usually the second option is a slant to one of their several quality receivers or a downfield route. Uh, But Sam Hall can keep it too. When you least expect it, he will keep it and run with it. So it's a true run-pass option offense, and everything is predicated upon that off the snap of the football. Okay, well, there you go. When you And particularly when you have a trigger man as good as Howell, the defense is it's really, really difficult to, uh, to stop. And I knew that you could give us a good explanation, Tim. Uh, you're more than just a guy who writes good game stories. Your stuff on Irish Illustrated, when you get technical and you're at film analysis and everything else, is always top-notch. Now, now, Tim, last year we ran a series, as you may recall, for a few weeks called Be Glad You Are Not a Fan Of, and we highlighted some Blue Blood programs uh, that have struggled in recent years, and I want to bring up another, and I don't want to wallow in this, but I do want to hear your take on the situation. Tim, a little over a year ago, Michigan pounded Notre Dame. Ouch, I hate to even think about that miserable night. 
This year, Tim, they are 2-3, and three, escaped last week in overtime to Rutgers. Jim Harbaugh on a super hot seat. What is going on in Ann Arbor? You know, my impression is that they've tuned Jim Harbaugh out. That may be too simplistic because I'm sure that there are some technical issues with their offense and defense, which I haven't studied them this year because they're not on Notre Dame's schedule. But you kind of get the impression that they're a pretty uninspired football team when you see them play. Um, and to me, that is always a sign that in, in like Jim Harbaugh is a, a different individual, a quirky individual. So if, if the players, and it's a tough year in COVID year, some things can start going against you and conspiring against you. But my first reaction would be that they're just not buying into the, the, the Jim Harbaugh program anymore. It looks that way to me, and they look like a pretty uninspired football team. Well, I would say right now uh, to our listeners, be thankful you're not a fan of of Michigan because it's been a tough season for them so far. Okay, the first CFP rankings came out this week. The Irish at number two, Clemson at number three. Tim, if the Irish win out in the regular season, will they still need to beat Clemson a second time to make it to the Final Four? And what are the chances, really, that, that both Clemson and Notre Dame make it? Man, it's a million-dollar question, Phil, and it's so difficult to answer this year because you've got the Big Ten and the Pac-12 with, you know, four, five, six less games than what the ACC and SEC and Big 12 play. Big 12 won't factor into it. But, uh, you know, I, I I think if Notre Dame goes 11-0 and and then were to lose a competitive game to Clemson, that they would still get in the playoffs. But so much is dependent upon, you know, like I said, those teams in the Big Ten and and Pac-12, does Oregon stay undefeated? What does Ohio State do? What is, uh, I guess, Indiana having lost? They they almost put themselves in the conversation as well. And then you ha- and then you have other factors like BYU, who unfortunately for them came out 14th in the first college football playoff poll. But you have Cincinnati up there certainly, and and uh, and and they will contend if they continue to win. So. It's really hard to say, Phil. Obviously, Nordane's best option is to, is to keep winning. I think if they keep winning through the regular season and then play Clemson tough, it would be very difficult to keep uh, play Clemson tough and lose, certainly if they go undefeated they're in. But if they play Clemson tough and lose, I think they make a pretty good argument for being included. But there's so many variables right now, it's very difficult to say. Yeah, well, just beat North Carolina, that would be the first step. Now, let's focus on a different championship for a second, though, and that's the path to the ACC championship. And, of course, the path to playing in that championship game. The top two teams in the conference go. I think if the Irish win just two out of three of their final three, they're in. I'm not sure of that. But what if Miami wins out? And they are tied with Clemson. What's the path for all these, all three of those teams? Well, uh, if Notre Dame wins two out of three, they're in. They beat they beat Clemson head to head. Clemson beat Miami head to head. So it, it would be you know assuming that Clemson wins out as well, then it's Notre Dame and Clemson. Uh, but you know, I would, by no, by winning two out of three. Uh, which Nordane certainly should do. They should actually they should sweep the remaining three games. They're definitely in, and then Clemson holds serve because by virtue of um, having beaten um, Miami. But you know the ACC championship game throws a wrench in it. I would do this, Phil. Plan on Notre Dame and Clemson playing again in the ACC championship. Pretty good chance of that. I guess we will look forward to now. The one one last question, and this is similar to where we were at last year in one way, and that is, 
if the Irish don't win the ACC championship, they go to that game and they don't make it to the Final Four, are they going to the Orange Bowl this year? Because they can go to the Orange Bowl, unlike last year. Yeah, that's part of this agreement with the ACC this year that they didn't have built in with the, the previous situation is um, the Orange Bowl. Norting, yeah, Norting's going to the Orange Bowl. They're either going to the Orange Bowl or they're going to the playoffs at this point. Okay, that, that sounds good. Uh, Tim, a quick hit before the break. I want to say that... Uh, with all the challenges 2020 has presented, I'm very, very thankful this year that uh, we have Notre Dame football. I imagine you feel that way. In referencing your recent interview with Jack Swarbrick, I think Swarbrick gets that, and he deserves some thanks as well because in you can arguably say he gets what Notre Dame's all about, and he saved Notre Dame football, or I should say maybe even college football back in August. Is that a fair statement? Well, he was a big proponent of waiting before a decision was made. Uh, and, and by waiting a couple extra weeks, that allowed the ACC to go ahead and play. But he was he was certainly at the forefront of it. We kind of laughed because, you know, I mean, one minute you're hoping they play one game and it's like you wake up and it's, holy cow, they've played eight games. And he feels the same way about it. And, you know, every day that Notre Dame football is still, uh, still in play is – is a blessing, certainly from our perspective, since this is what we do, uh, but Notre Dame as well, because they're certainly taking a huge financial hit, uh, even even though they're playing. They're, the only the only revenue stream that has been maintained is the, the TV rights. Everything else has been altered. Well, thanks to Jack Swarbrick uh, for his yeoman service, and uh, yeah, we are thankful that we are playing football, no question about that, and that, that Three-part series of Tim Priester's interview with Jack Swarbrick is available on irishillustrated.com. Really interesting stuff. I said one quick hit. Here's a second quick hit. I'm going to do it anyway. Is Sean Crawford thinking about coming back for a seventh year? Is that even possible? He sure seemed like it the other day, but I think that he just learned from the lesson of not committing one way or another because he once said that he wouldn't come back for a sixth year. I doubt it very much that he'll be back next year. Well, I think his NFL clock is ticking if he's got an NFL clock, and he he certainly will get some looks. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero, key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish Illustrator prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Ron Wise and the Wise Insurance Agency. This is the 350th edition of Fighting Irish Preview. Shine the light into my room Oh, I'm sure the morning sun can eliminate my gloom If it shine a little light into my room All I want is some sunshine Sunshine Shining through these windows of mine And I want it to be easy Easy your clear choice is Treat each house as if it was your own. Our mission statement at Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Hi, I'm Jim Bushy. At Bushy's, we're proud of our home improvement products that we offer, and we are even more proud of the award-winning installers who will come to your home. Right now, take advantage of our 12-month 0% interest payment plan, and estimates are always free. So call Bushy's at 456-1247, stop into our showroom, or check out Bushy'sFW.com. Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Modeling, your clear choice. Your clear choice is Bushies. Your clear choice is Bushies. The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the Wise Insurance Agency. Notre Dame's victory over number one Clemson was Indy's ninth all time over number one ranked team 
which ties them with Miami for second all-time. Alabama is first with 10 program victories over a number one. Call Ron Wise at the Wise Insurance Agency or go to thewiseinsuranceagency.com and get an auto or home quote in less than five minutes. Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, now available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The number two ranked Irish are at number 19 North Carolina this week. A special Friday game. TV coverage on ABC starts at 3.30 p.m. South Bend time. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero. Brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Crisscraft, Mastercraft, and Premier Pontoons, we share your boating passion. This week, we continue our series on the great pass receivers of the Brian Kelly years. Let's review those receivers that we've covered so far. Golden Tate, Kyle Rudolph, Michael Floyd, Tyler Eifert, TJ Jones, Will Fuller, Equiminius St. Brown, and this week, 6'4", 220-pound, Miles Boykin. Boykin, a Chicagoland area kid, had an outstanding senior season at Providence Catholic High School that included a state championship and being named the Chicago Tribune Prep Athlete of the Year. Rated a four-star recruit, he turned down offers from practically everyone in the Big Ten and half the SEC and headed to South Bend. Redshirted as a freshman and quiet most of his sophomore season, he broke out all at once in the Citrus Bowl against LSU. Prior to that game, the story goes that at practice the week of the game, Brian Kelly had a conversation with Boykin and predicted that he would play so well that he would be named the game MVP. Well, with 35 seconds remaining and the Irish trailing 17-14, to Boykin streaked down the sideline, pulled in a bomb from Ian Book, and covered the last 25 yards of the field in determined fashion into the end zone. I just got chills. I love that play. Final score, ND 21, LSU 17. ND won the Citrus Bowl championship, and Boykin was, as predicted by Brian Kelly, named the game MVP. He seized that momentum into his junior year and was brilliant. The Irish rolled to the college football playoffs, and Boykin had 54 catches, 803 yards, and 8 TDs. After the season, he killed it at the NFL Combine and headed to the league. A third-round draft pick of the Baltimore Ravens. Tim, Miles Boykin will always be a favorite of mine for that great catch and run in the Citrus Bowl, and he seems to have become something of a physical prototype for the Irish. 6'3", 6'4", 220, 230, guys. I'm thinking of Boykin, of course, Chase Claypool, and now Ben Skoranek fits into that category. What do you think? Yeah, and my respect for him goes uh, you know, well beyond the, the, the heroics in the Citrus Bowl because he's just such a – such a great representative of Notre Dame. I give him so much credit for developing into a third-round draft choice because he was nowhere near there uh, heading into his final year in Notre Dame. But he made himself better, made himself a faster player, went to the combine and did put up un- unbelievable numbers, as you mentioned. I've just got a lot of respect for Miles Boykin, not just the football player, but the person. For those of us that dealt with him during his time in Notre Dame, what a great kid and a great representative of Notre Dame. Yeah, Miles Boykin posted a five-yard touchdown reception on his first career NFL catch 
and you went on last year to help the Ravens set many franchise season offensive records in his first year. Miles Boykin, another Marina at Lake Gage all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats, and it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish victory. Tim, Mac Brown has really moved this program forward in just two seasons. They stand at 6-2. and two. Their only two losses were narrow defeats to Florida State and Virginia. Like the Irish, they were off last week. The last time they played, they beat Wake Forest 59-53. to Tim, what can you say? They score a lot of points, 43.1 per game, 10th best in the country, and they gain yards, lots of them, 563 per game, 4th best nationally. Their RPO-centered attack is led by sophomore quarterback Sam Howell, who completes nearly 70% of his passes with 23 TDs, and Howell, a talented runner as well, he will tuck it and run. The Tar Heels are loaded with good receivers. The best of them may be D'Ami Brown, who has 45 catches good for 829 yards and 8 TDs. Running the ball is a two-headed affair. Javante Williams has gained 868 yards and has scored 15 touchdowns. I think that's the tops in the country. And Michael Carter has added another 807 yards and 4 TDs. Both are very effective receivers. If there's one chink in their offensive armor, North Carolina has has given up a lot of sacks, so getting pressure on Howell surely will be a priority for Clark Lee's defense. As good as these guys are on offense, on defense they have struggled. They give up 30.8 points per game and 413 yards of offense. Pass defense is a glaring weakness where they are ranked 97th nationally. Tim Priester, scary good offense that Mac Brown has put together, but overall, with the issues on defense, it's not a balanced team, which has led to a few track meets for the Tar Heels this year. What is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory? And be sure and tell us about Storm Duck. <laughs> Storm Duck is a first of all, Storm Duck is a cornerback that should be back in action for them this week, which helps them. But there's so many things to point to here, Phil. In Notre Dame, I asked Brian Kelly, he said he didn't want to give away the game plan, but he basically gave away the game plan on the defensive side for Notre Dame. You have to stop the run. I mean, they're going to get their yards passing the football. You can't stop slants. Uh, you re- realistically, you can't stop those. So, I mean, it, it starts with stopping the run, which is difficult because Williams breaks so many tackles and Carter is quick. Uh, but what I'm going to point to here, I think it's going to be, so, I don't want to say shootout because I think Nordium's defense is a little bit too good to necessarily be caught in a shootout, although I know it got high scoring against Clemson. But I think it's the pass rush. I, you know, I, I think Sam Howell has proven to be vulnerable against a strong pass rush, like just about every quarterback. Uh, and I think it starts there, and it will lead into uh, who I think is going to be the the key defensive player for Notre Dame in this game. Okay, I have a guess who that might be, so I won't even mention it at this point. But uh, bring a pass rush, Irish. Uh, Got to put some pressure on Sam Howell, and that is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, who is that Aspen Mortgage Key player for the Irish? Well, that's Isaiah Foskey, yeah, and I would bingo. <laughs> have Foskey and and Dalen Hayes bump inside, and Adeogundeji on the field all at the same time. I think there's a, a vulnerability on North Carolina's offensive line. I think it's at left tackle, and the the player best in the best position to take advantage of that is sophomore defensive end Isaiah Foskey. Isaiah Foskey is your Aspen Mortgage key Irish player this week. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. And it's now time for the injury report, brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy now with 20 Indiana locations. Tim, how do the Irish stand health-wise coming out of the bye? 
Well, we know about the problems on the offensive line. There's not much you can do about that other than Josh Lugg and Zeke Corral have to step forward. Uh, but they do get uh, Braden Lindsey back as well, and I don't expect him to unseat anybody in the starting lineup. They've got a good thing going with their starting three receivers, and so Braden Lindsey will um, will work his way in there. And if you get a big player, big uh, two out of him, uh, that'll suffice. So they're a little bit healthier wide receiver, but obviously they have those problems on the offensive line. Well, Braden Lindsey coming back, uh, if he can give you 10 or 15 snaps and maybe stretch the field, that's big. And other than that, coming out of a bye, the Irish should be pretty healed up, except with the offensive line that we've already talked about. Thanks, Tim. And that is the Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report, and it's now time for the world-famous Irish Illustrated Prediction, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. Tim Priester Vegas says the Irish by five, over under is 68. Those numbers have been changing all week long. What does America's foremost authority say? Yeah, that over-under number has been on the rise, and, and the point spread between the two has really, really fluctuated. So, you know, it's there are so many aspects to consider with this game, Phil. I, I, you know, I, I still think that when you go on the road, the team with the better defense uh, has the best chance to win this football game. It's clearly Notre Dame. But Notre Dame's going to have to do some things, uh, you know, some big things offensively probably because you don't know exactly how many points you need against an offense that's good. Notre Dame's defense could play well and still give up 35 points. Um, so I think it is a little bit higher scoring, uh, maybe a little bit more of a wrestling match than than we see on paper. At the end of the day, I think North Carolina and Matt Brown are too good to, to, to get blown out or, or to lose by double figures, although that wouldn't be shocking because Notre Dame's a legitimate number two team in the country. But I'm going to go with Notre Dame 38, North Carolina 34. Notre Dame 38, North Carolina 34 is Tim Priester's world-famous Irish illustrated prediction. That obviously would be a thriller. Uh, and i am got a pretty similar number. Tim, I expect a Clemson game-like effort out of the Irish defense. Stop the run. Limit the big plays. North Carolina, though, is going to score. But so will the Irish. Notre Dame 40, North Carolina 34. Thanks, Tim, and happy Thanksgiving to you and all our listeners. Phil, thank you very much. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.